You're listening to the Weekly Wrap-Up on Sprott Money News. Well, welcome back to Sprott Money News. This is your Weekly Wrap-Up from Sprott Money News and SprottMoney.com. This is March 31st, the last Friday of the first quarter of 2017. I'm your host, Craig Hemke, and joining us as usual is Eric Sprott. Eric, good morning. Hey, Craig. Happy to be here. It's been a pretty good quarter, uh, I guess, all around, and uh, things are kind of looking okay in our camp. Yes, not too bad at all. Of course, before we get started, it's time to remind everyone that the weekly wrap-up segments are brought to you by Sprott Money Precious Metal Storage Program. We have five international storage vaults and the most competitive prices in the industry. Please be sure to visit our international storage page at SprottMoney.com to learn more. Anybody that's storing metal has had a pretty good quarter, Eric. Uh, we began the year in gold at 11.54 as we speak. We're at about 12.44, so we're up nearly 8% for the quarter. Silver's up uh, more than 13% for the quarter. Uh, a lot of folks were looking for uh, those same percentages the other way when the year began. So how do you feel here at the end of the first quarter? Well, I feel pretty good, but... Uh... I've always felt good about where we should go. And, of course, we all know that it doesn't happen because of the games that go on in the uh, COMEX. Um, but I would say that between from today versus January 1st, of course, the biggest change has been uh, the inability of uh, the Trump administration to get their uh, uh, bills passed. And then, of course, I think the, the questioning of, you know, can you do all this? I mean, it sounds wonderful, you know, to cut taxes and, increased defense spending, but uh, some markets do have to worry about the consequences of those and effects on deficits, effects on yields, effects on inflation and things like that. And and I think a lot of uh, the experts are, are coming around to, well, maybe it's not quite as great as we thought, and that there's been a bit of a dip in the, uh, in the markets here, in the uh, financial market, stock market. And of course, rates have gone up quite a bit from their low in the middle of last year uh, and could possibly move higher if we continue to see uh, inflation. Uh, and that's, of course, reported inflation. We already know inflation is way beyond what's reported. So um, there's uh, but it's been a great quarter uh, for us. Uh, I, 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 I don't think you mentioned what the uh, UE was up by, but that might have been uh, okay. through yesterday, Thursday's close. The Huey was up almost 8% compared to the S&P being up about 6 You know, a lot of folks are, are scratching their heads wondering how <laughs> gold and silver could be up 8 and 13%, but the Huey only up 8 itself. Now, it rallied pretty strong in the last couple of weeks of December, but nonetheless, yeah. Uh, yeah. I would imagine you might have some words of wisdom for those uh, shareholders out there. Sure. Well, I mean, it's been it's been a good year. I mean, we've gone up higher than that at one point during the quarter, and it's come back recently here. Uh, and we've had days when it goes down ten. Uh, the I know the GDXJ can go down ten percent in a day and up ten percent in a day. And I actually get the feeling that someone's messing around in those ETFs to uh, to control the the prices in the stock market. But I think that uh, you know where we stand here with. The interest in gold picking up, and one of the things we should mention today, I mean, we have an LBMA fixed today that I think determines the option pricing over in Europe. And, of course, it's just a, it's a, it's just for that one time is when everything gets determined. So I guess I wasn't a little surprised to see them knock it down 10 bucks overnight here and try to hold it in here. We'll see as we get through, I think it's 10 o'clock our time, they have the, uh, the fix, whether gold can um, 
can poke back up here, but we were threatening to go through uh, te- serious technical breakouts in both silver and gold. And of course, uh, the stocks will just massively outperform what gold and silver w- will do on their own. So I think everything uh, looks kind of good for the stocks uh, going forward here. And lots of companies are coming out with uh, good performances. We'll see the quarterly uh, production numbers here uh, beginning early next week. So uh, I think a lot of people will be impressed by what's happening. Eric, I, I, just one last question. We had a rather lively debate at, at my site earlier this week about what is a better strategy with the miners. Is it is it better to just buy and hold and just kind of ride out all the volatility, or is it better in your mind to be an active trader? Of course, g- g- given the idea that you can get the overall trend right, uh, that's obviously pretty important in uh, either strategy. But which one do you prefer? Which one do you think is best? Well, I'm not a trader, and uh, I think trading is very, very difficult to do. And, of course, for those people who are trading, if you're, you're a really good trader, you're probably going to trade things like the nugget and the dust and things like that where the, where there's some serious leverage. Uh, I've always been a buy-and-hold guy. I mean, there are times when you sell, uh, when maybe the fundamentals are, for a company are starting to deteriorate, or maybe you actually think the gold price is is due for a rest. Now, I don't often do that, but I, I've done that on occasion. Um, but I think that uh, when we stand back and look at where we're going to be in the next five or ten years, I mean, I'm a huge believer that, man, if you could just ride this thing through for the five or ten years and, and let your gains let your gains go. And when, when the UE bottomed in 00 and peaked in 11, I mean, it went up, whatever it was, 1,400%, something like that in 11 years. So, you know, if you could time that perfectly, you would have done well. And there would be lots of times when you might have made some horrendous mistakes by selling something only just to see it double and triple and quadruple. And uh, it was just so it's th- these stocks are so volatile. And I think if you can hold on, if you believe in the cause and the analysis, the analysis being the more important thing, uh, that you got to hang in there because I think we could see some. Uh, stunning performance of the um, the equities. Eric, you touched upon silver earlier as well, and so I'm interested to get your your thoughts on what might be happening sure. there. It's, it seems to be performing better than gold. It is above its 200-day moving average, but its cot structure, its commitment of trader structure is, uh, again, getting rather extended, though it's been that way for quite some time. Yeah. What do you think of silver here? Yeah, well, there's a real dichotomy in the cot structure between gold and silver. Uh, and of course, gold is very positive. Uh, I was surprised at the short interest last week, and gold didn't go up uh, markedly. Uh, silver, the changes have kind of been benign the whole time. Like they're not they're not big on a weekly basis. Uh, but of course, the open interest just keeps going up here. And uh, you know, there's commentators like Ted Butter that think there's a uh, a cadre of uh, long investors who are in there for the long haul and willing to take on the uh, the commercials. Uh, I, you know, I'm a great believer that the demand is, is above supply and that someday, you know, the rubber meets the road here. And I, I do hear of uh, tightness in both gold and silver markets, by the way, on the sort of wholesale, uh, refinery level. Um, now those, that's sort of hearsay, but, uh, uh, it's out there and I'm, I'm happy to see it out there. So. We'll see where where that all takes us, but uh, I think there's a tightness happening in both markets. And of course, I've, I've always believed that silver will 
in the end will way outperform gold. Little gold could be stunningly great too. So, but I think silver is the real is is going to be the the star of the show. One last question for you, Eric. You mentioned the political chaos that we we have down here in Washington D.C. and how all of these grand ideas that Trump was going to put in play. I don't think there's a single bill at this point, uh, and he's already been in office now for over two months. How do you anticipate that affecting things going forward, like uh, the debt ceiling debate and uh, some of the other major question marks that lay out there? Yeah, it's getting real messy. I mean, it's just getting messy. Uh, you know, the, the fact that you can't even get unanimity in your own party is one problem. Uh, but it, it would seem to me that Democrats so dislike Trump that no matter if he was proposing something uh, that everyone realized was good, they'd still vote against it. Uh, so now you got to bring in, you know, those last members of your party to, to make it work. And it looks like there's, you know, there's difference of opinion. As you know, not all of the party really was in favor of Trump being the nominee, but there you go. And um, so I, I just think that this trouble with uh, Obamacare, which has got to be the worst piece of legislation ever, the fact that you can't get rid of it, uh, seems a little uh, massively disappointing, I'd say. Now, they do say they're going to come back and try to do it again. But um, I think Trump's right. I mean, if we just leave Obamacare, stay there for a while, it's just going to destroy everybody anyway. I mean, that was built in, though. I mean, these, these health care rate increases, are just people can't deal with it, okay? So, uh, but it's very messy. I don't know where it's going to go. I mean, it takes a different turn every day. And In fact, we have this whole thing about you know, and the whole uh, bugging thing that uh, is out there, it's going to be interesting to see that goes. I suspect that the, he's, his offices were bugged, which is treasonous. But anyway, it's uh, chaos, I guess, is the best word. Yeah, you know, I'm remembering uh, the summer of 2011, you know, when gold went from about $1,400, $1,500 up to $1,900. And it was a time of similar political chaos. It was also the last time we saw the Dow Jones Industrial Average fall eight times in a row, which we saw uh, just last week. Um, I just wonder if there aren't some parallels there that uh, people should be thinking about. Well, I think there's lots of parallels. And think of it as sort of negative tsunamis that might, okay? And of course, I think the biggest negative tsunami is as... Each year, healthcare premiums hit the uh, discretionary spending more and more all the time. I mean, it's just, you know, when you're not getting a wage increase and you have to pay 10% more for healthcare, which is already 20% of your cost, I mean, what do you cut next, right? You're going to get down to the bone and you see these restaurant sales are bad and the restore sales are bad and the car sales are bad. Uh, I think home sales have been a little distorted by the rather benign winter weather, by the way. We'll see the real test might be in April or May here, see whether that holds together. But I just think that people, uh, the middle class, is not doing well. So that's a tsunami. You have the tsunami of pension costs where, you know, every day we hear about somebody who's just about to experience a a cut in their pension uh, receipts because the funds broke. I mean, it's, it's all over the place. So you got that. You have the whole debt thing and the unfunded liability. I mean, it's just there's so many big things out there uh, that will have serious negative economic impacts, all of which keep coming at us. And and then the market, quite frankly, tends to ignore it. Well, one of those is going to get the shoreline here at, at soon. You know, it's just going to hit soon. 
I think we, economically it's a, probably already has hit, but nobody's willing to admit it yet. But we'll see as the data comes out. As you pointed out, uh, was it personal income or personal spending was only a 0.1% in, uh, yep. I guess it was February, was it? Um, so we'll see. I mean, it's uh, a few more months and uh, uh, we'll know whether, you know, it's yet again, the 3% forecast for 2017 becomes, you know, less than one by the time we get to the end of the year. And, and even that would be misreported because of the understatement of inflation. Yep. Well, we're off to a good start so far this year. And if we could just continue these numbers every quarter, we'd end up with a yeah. heck of a year. So uh, we'll that just would keep... be a super year. Yeah, hopefully we'll keep going. Eric, thank you so much for your time this morning. Okay, great. You have a great one. All the best. And from all of us here at Sprott Money News and SprottMoney.com, thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs>